Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of TechNet Radio. My name is Keith Mayer. I'm a Principal Cloud Solution Architect on the Azure team here at Microsoft. And we're in episode number 29 in our Build Your Hybrid Cloud series. And we have a special guest back with us again today, Janelle Crothers. Hi, Janelle. How are you today? Hi, Keith. It's nice to see you again. I'm Janelle Crothers. I'm a technical evangelist here at Microsoft out on the West Coast. And it's so great to be in another episode with you. Great. Well, great to have you back. And Janelle, I know you do a lot of work across the broad IT ecosystem with IT pros of all sorts, implementers, decision makers, planners, and whatnot. What, uh, when, you, when you talk about the cloud, hybrid cloud, Azure, what, what scenarios really seem to resonate with uh, a lot of organizations for getting started uh, with getting value out of, out of a cloud platform like Azure as part of their hybrid cloud stra strategy? I always like to talk about how using the cloud as a disaster recovery solution to help kind of, uh, you know, improve whatever situation you already have in your organization, whatever plan, is a great way to get started with the cloud, partially because, you know, you're replicating and you're using that as a backup, so you're not making any, you know, core changes to your on-prem infrastructure, you don't have to, you know, reconfigure anything or do anything that really takes advantage of the cloud, you know, for production work, but you're using it as a backup mechanism, as a DR mechanism, as a failover mechanism. And pretty much any improvement that you can make to whatever existing DR scenario you have planned now is probably a good one. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, disaster recovery, I think, provides huge value to a lot of organizations because Frankly, for a lot of organizations I talk to, small, medium, large-sized organizations, they just can't afford having a separate data center or a set of data center locations that are used as nothing more than disaster recovery locations. And even looking at some of the disaster recovery service provider options are, are quite expensive and, and oftentimes don't give an organization the type of access they need to be able to frequently test their disaster recovery failover plan for getting, you know, being assured that it's actually going to work when, yeah. when needed. Yeah, and yeah, a lot of definitely. people are still using, what, that dusty old binder, you know, of, right. of, of plans that you don't know whether they're, like, they still work or any of that. So being able to put in any level of automation or any level of, you know, taking the human element out of it is an improvement. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It can become uh, somewhat self-documenting if the recovery plan is implemented correctly, Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that's that's great. Well, I know in terms of um, in terms of Azure disaster recovery offerings, we've got some some great new improvements in Azure Site Recovery for uh, all sorts of shops, whether they're Hyper-V or physical servers or even VMware shops. I, you probably talked to a bunch of VMware customers as well, right? Yep, yeah, there's a lot of different solutions in Azure right now. Site recovery, of course, is a big one. Also being able mm -hmm. to use that for migration and for kind of larger scale, more complex scenarios. But even simple things like IIS backup and stuff like that can really make some improvements with your organizational plan. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, even if an environment's running VMware today in their on-premises environment, you know, a lot of organizations, uh, their initial gut reaction is, oh, isn't Azure a Hyper-V based solution? Isn't it specifically mm -hmm. for Windows workloads? And, you know, they're surprised when I tell them, no, it integrates really well with VMware. Even if you're, whether you're running Windows or Linux VM workloads, it works really well. And um, they're, they're, they're happy about it. Now, you had mentioned, in addition to disaster recovery, you had also mentioned migration as an option using ASR. How, how does that how would that work for an organization if they wanted to oh, use I mean, migration? it's 
it's really simple in the sense that you fail over and just don't fail back. You know, it kind of ah. use that as a one-way as a one-way destination in. But as you mentioned, you know, you can come from a variety of different scenarios, VMware, Linux, and stuff like that. You're not excluded by not using you know Windows for the entire stack. And uh, you know, that's, those are really good points, Janelle. And Azure Site Recovery, you know, as we said, it can be used across a number of different workloads. And um, you know, as you had mentioned, you're seeing a lot of interest, even from from VMware shops, uh, that have a a need to implement a disaster recovery solution out to the cloud, out to Azure. And one of the new enhancements that um, some of you may have may have seen recently is that we did announce a new enhanced version of Azure Site Recovery specifically for that VMware DR or migration to Azure scenario. Uh, it used to be when Azure Site Recovery's VMware support was first launched, there were some VMs that you had to set up in a VNet for things like um, uh, orchestration and handling replication. And what our ASR team has done is they've converted to more of a PaaS model for those components. So it makes it really simple and cost-effective to be able to spin the solution up without having to build any VMs that are continuing to run to manage that replication traffic. Instead, there's a, a management server that runs as a VM that runs in the on-prem data center uh, that has those components in it, and it basically pushes out and communicates with the ASR PaaS endpoints out in Azure. So. You know, my experience has been just testing this over the last few months. It makes it much easier and much more cost-effective to implement an, a VMware disaster recovery solution to Azure with ASR. Janelle, has that been your experience as well? Yeah, I tried setting up, you know, the non-enhanced and now the enhanced version, and the enhanced version is much easier to you know, set up. Obviously, saves you from having to run those two extra beefy, beefy VMs that it required, you know, anywhere on, you know, in Azure and things like that. So, really, really simple. One, one could argue that the old way, you know, it took three, four hours to set up, which was still pretty fast to, for implementing a DR solution, but now it's even faster. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned, one of the changes in this enhanced model is that there's a management server VM that uh, is deployed in your on-premises infrastructure as a VM in your Hyper-V, I'm sorry, in your VMware infrastructure to be able to handle that coordination and orchestration. And based on the number of VMs that you're replicating, um, there's some great sizing guidance that our engineering team has provided out on Azure.com so that, uh, you know, as you start scaling out to, you know, 100 VMs, 150, a couple hundred VMs that you're replicating. It gives you some, some ability to scale out how much memory, how many CPUs, how much cache disk space you should be planning for based on the number of VMs and the, the data change rate on those VMs that you expect, right? And, and certainly if you go beyond what a, what a single management server can support, you can deploy additional VMs and, and just balance that. So if you start getting more than 200 virtual machines or more than two terabytes of data cha daily change rate on, the, on your VMs that you're replicating. You can just scale this out in your on-prem infrastructure to be able to replicate whatever capacity you need as part of your disaster recovery solution. That's yep. a pretty big DR solu solution if you're, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of crazy, the scale. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's built for built for all sizes of customers, right? So that's great. Well, what do you say, Janelle? Does it make sense to jump over into our lab and walk through the process with everyone of uh, getting started with this new enhanced version of Azure Site Recovery? 
We definitely should. Okay, well, I'll see you over in the lab in a few minutes. So, hey, Dunal, here we are in our lab, and we're looking at the, uh, the, the new Azure portal. And, uh, you know, there's some new stuff on the Azure portal that just surfaced over the last couple of days that we were chatting about a little bit before the show today. Yeah, I feel um, like that, the blue. I feel like yeah. the blue theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've reset back to the, the default blue theme. And you'll notice there's across the top kind of this bar of other actions that we can use for creating new dashboard views or editing or sharing those dashboards. So this is a cool feature because it allows us to take an existing dashboard or create a new one from scratch. And if we go into edit here, we actually have this tile gallery that we can use to browse out to various resource groups or you can even, um, you can even pick your own custom markdown HTML or markdown language content that you want to put into a tile on the, uh, on the dashboard. But it allows us to kind of browse through and, and uh, be able to orient our dashboard to the particular tiles that we want to see from a status standpoint. So it allows us to very quickly and easily create these various customized dashboard views that are different perhaps DevOps type monitoring dashboards, alerting dashboards for various applications that we've deployed. And if we have multiple dashboard views, we can select from them just by pulling down this dashboard category. We can share them with other people. If we have one that we want to throw up on the big screen in the, uh, on the wall in our, uh, in our uh, ops center, we can even go full screen and um, have it be there without the UI elements, the Chrome around it. Um, so that it becomes a, uh, a monitoring dashboard. So that's, that's pretty cool um, for being able to create custom views and share them throughout the organization. Just nice for different projects, too. Like for me, I've always kind of got little different things that I'm building out. So just being able to focus on the status and those sort of things is really helpful. Yeah, yeah. Or, or different departments in a larger organization may have different applications or or statistics or resources that, that they're focused on so they can create a separate dashboard view for, for each of them. The other thing that is really cool as well is up on the top, this search resources bar is now a global search. So if we're looking for particular resources, we can just start typing and it'll search across everything that we've provisioned, regardless of what kind of resource it is. We can search even across all resource groups or multiple subscriptions. So if we're, uh, if we're managing a, a relatively complex Azure cloud environment and, and we're not sure which subscription that particular resource we were working with last was in, we can very easily globally search and, and find that now. So that's a, that's a nice feature as well. Keep keep track of those names. You always forget. I'm always forgetting what I'm naming things. You know, so yep. it's kind of nice to be able to just say like, oh, I know it's about this, and just kind of be able to type anything in there and get some get some returns. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, so recently, the other new ASR or disaster recovery related set of features that have started showing up in the new portal relate to being able to create and manage recovery vaults through the new Azure portal. Previous to this. They were managed through our classic portal, but uh, as, we, um, as we click on new here, you'll see as we scroll down our different categories that, um, that we actually have under hybrid integration, a recovery services category now. 
I've been, <laughs> I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. Well, we click on Recovery Services. What that allows us to do is create a new Recovery Services vault. Very quickly, just a few steps by specifying a unique name, specifying a subscription and a resource group, and then a data center location. And then once we've created that, I've already got one created, so I'm just going to escape out of this, um, we can go into our list of Recovery Services vaults. You'll see our vault here. And if I go ahead and click here, I'll just get this send us feedback out of the way, it'll drill into the properties of our, of our new recovery services vault. But, but there's even more cool stuff here, because remember back in the classic portal, Azure Backup and Azure Site Recovery were provisioned and managed as two separate vaults. And right. what we've done now in bringing this to the new portal is we've actually combined the backup and disaster recovery capabilities of Azure Backup and Azure Site Recovery under a common vault configuration, which makes a lot of sense to me, right? Because most organizations, as part of their business continuance planning, they have disaster recovery needs to be able to quickly fail over key applications, but then they still have historical backup needs as well that they need to manage. So it just makes it easy to manage from within a single, single vault configuration in, Azure, in the Azure portal. And we'll see here that uh, right on the essentials tile, we've got uh, a few VMs that we're backing up, four of them, and some replicated items. So it allows us to keep track of that as, long, as well as um, our overall health across all of that stuff right from a, a common portal. Um, so if I scroll over just a little bit more to the settings blade, let's go ahead and get started, and we'll, we'll go through the process of getting our new recovery services vault set up for VMware disaster recovery. Um, so when we're setting this up, uh, it's made, we've made it really easy. There's a getting started uh, choice on our settings blade that pulls out a new blade for helping us walk through the initial scenario for configuring Azure Site Recovery for the particular disaster recovery scenario that we're targeting. So just like in the past, we can use ASR to replicate from my on-premises data center to Azure, or we can use ASR to replicate, to orchestrate the replication and failover between my, between multiple on-premises data centers, right? If, I, if I'm so lucky to have more than one. <laughs> uh, I've never been that lucky. <laughs> I know. So in our case, we're going to do the, from my site to Azure, we're going to use Azure as our disaster recovery location. And then it asks us, well, what do we have on at my site? What do we have in our on-premises location that we're replicating? Is it uh, a, a private cloud environment managed by System Center VMM? Is it some standalone Hyper-V hosts? Is it a VMware environment managed by vCenter? Or are they physical machines? And so we'll say vCenter is our scenario, right? And as soon as we select that as our scenario type, now what it does is it pulls up additional choices on our getting started blade that walks us through step one through five of adding in the components that we need. So under servers, we need to add in a configuration server. I've already got one here, but what I did previously is I just hit the plus button and I stepped through this process of uh, making sure that my on-prem firewall had outbound access to the URLs that it needs access to for orchestrating and replicating up to Azure Site Recovery. And then remember that config server we talked about a little earlier is actually an on-prem VM that runs in my VMware environment. So I built that with Win as a Windows Server 2012 R2 plain vanilla VM. 
And then we need to install the Azure Site Recovery Config Server and Process Server and Master Transport Server components on that VM. So it's an easy download to do that. Um, we can also download our Vault Registration Key, which is sort of the credentials that our Config Server will use for authenticating and registering to the Azure Site Recovery Vault. So I'm just going to switch over into the VM that I've set up for running that Config Server and I've already downloaded the bits and downloaded the vault registration key. So you can kind of walk through that process and you can see how, how streamlined it really is. I really like how nicely they put the instructions into the blades now as opposed to what we had with V1. You really had a, like basically a big document that you might as well, you know, print out and step through. You know, the steps are really nicely integrated into the portal. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very straightforward. They've done a great job at unifying all of the setup requirements for what could otherwise be a relatively complex configuration and making it very straightforward. So here we are inside the VM in my on-prem environment that I'm going to use as the config server. And I've launched that uh, Azure Site Recovery Unified Setup. And uh, so I'm going to use the first choice, the install config server and process server. The second choice would be used, remember we were looking at the sizing of management servers a little earlier. We said we could right. scale out to multiple if we had more than a couple hundred VMs. The second choice is used to add additional process servers for a scale out deployment when you have lots of VMs that you're replicating. And then the next tab is going to ask me to accept the license for installing MySQL. That's the behind-the-scenes database that the config server uses. It'll automatically install that. It'll make sure the server is connected to the Internet because it has to... Make it sure has to it be. Can, it, has to make sure it, it has to make sure that it can reach your, your Azure Site Recovery Vault, right? So, so, so I'm good there. And then it'll go through the process of uh, looking at uh, requirements and prerequisites, and it'll make sure that the supported operating system, the time sinks in check. It'll look at free space. We recommend 600 gig or more of free space for cache on the config server VM. I've got a little bit less than that, so mine can put up as a warning, but it'll still let me continue. Uh, it'll ask us for the initial uh, password information for MySQL, for the root password and the, the database SV systems user password. So I'll go ahead and enter those in and click Next. It'll ask if are we looking to protect VMware VMs. And the reason it's asking me this is the same unified installer is also used for physical servers on-prem. So it's trying to figure out, is this a VMware uh, environment that you're protecting through this config server out to Azure Site Recovery, or is it a, a physical server? If I, say, if I say yes here, if I check that box and click Next, it'll check to make sure that the vSphere CLI uh, the Power CLI is installed um, because that Power CLI is what the config server uses when it has to talk to your VMware environment for setting up replication, checking the status of VMs, if you're failing over gracefully for stopping the VMs and, uh, and beginning the failover process, all that good stuff. And this so. unified experience is, much, is also a big improvement over the unenhanced version of ASR. For, I mean, you had to download different components for each different mm -hmm. server and step through those and things like that. So this nice unified setup really does make it easy. Yeah, yeah, it's super, super easy now. Um, it'll ask me for my install location. I'm going to put it over on the D drive of my machine. Uh, normally, we'd put it on that whatever drive we have the most disk space on. As, and as we mentioned, for a production environment, we recommend 600 gig or more of cache space. 
It'll ask me to confirm my network interface card and port information, and then that uh, that vault reg that vault uh, registration key that I downloaded as a file. It'll ask me to browse out to that file, plug it in here, and uh, it'll use that to register the vault. Um, after that, it goes and installs all the components that I just answered questions for. It only takes about five or six minutes or so. It's pretty quick. And then at that point, it'll bring me to a, a tool, that, a utility that I can use for adding my account information. And so this account information are user credentials that uh, the config server will use for either authenticating to your VMware environment. So you can plug in a user account that has uh, vSphere administrator credentials. Um, if you want to limit it just to the minimum permissions necessary for the config server user account, out on our azure.com documentation page um, that's linked at the uh, uh, bottom of our, of, our, of our screen today that everybody's watching this video on, uh, we have, they have great information, very detailed information about the specific permissions that are required. But uh, we'll go ahead and add that in. And um, the other type of account that could be used is for the VMs that you're protecting through ASR, there's a small agent that gets pushed into those VMs. And if you want to have ASR programmatically push it through the config server, the config server needs to know how to authenticate with local administrator access to install that. So if it's a Windows VM that you're protecting, you can include, you can add an account that can authenticate to each of your Windows VMs as a domain or local admin account. If it's a Linux VM that uh, you're protecting, then you can add in another account with your Linux uh, root equivalent credentials. Um, and the config server stores all of that locally, so it's not pushed up to the cloud. You don't have to worry about exposing any of those credentials. It all stays on-prem uh, with the config server itself, so it's safe and secure from that standpoint. Uh, the next thing we can do is we can actually drop into um, the Azure Backup Tool, which is also installed to the desktop as part of the installation process. Although we're not using Azure Backup as part of Site Recovery to actually do the backup, there's some common properties that we can use to configure proxies that are common to Azure Backup and Azure Site Recovery if we're using a proxy server to connect to the internet from our on-prem location, or if we want to do th bandwidth throttling. So if we're concerned about how much traffic is going out to Azure Site Recovery during the day, uh, we want to reserve that we want to limit that down to a smaller amount to, to preserve some of the bandwidth for other applications we can enable bandwidth throttling for a period of time during our day as well, and then open it back up at night and let everything just flood through. So we've got some additional, a little bit of additional customization that we can do. Once well, we've nice got our... You, I was going to say nice to you, nice that it uses the same mechanism so that yeah. you don't end up in a situation where, you know, one configuration is trying to compete with another from different tools. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And after we've got our config server set up then, back over in the Azure portal, we should see the config server name and its connection status and the time that it did its last heartbeat out to Azure Site Recovery to make sure that it continues to have a healthy connection. And if we, um, if we just click on that and drill into the properties of it, you'll see the status of the config server's health processor queue, CPU utilization, memory utilization, free space, are all the services running? So it's a really nice just quick check to make sure everything on your config server is, uh, is going well. And then we can move on to our next step, which is registering our vCenter or VMware ESX host. I've already got 
mine registered here, but the, the general step is you click on the plus button and fill out the vCenter information. So we'll select the config server that we'll be using to talk to our vCenter host and then key in the vCenter host name, its IP address, uh, the local port normally to connect to vCenter on is 443, and then um, the vCenter account that we had previously set up on our config server. So we just specify the friendly name for those credentials that it'll use for logging into vCenter. We click OK, and it'll register our vCenter host, just like we have here. Um, once we've done that, the last step before we start actually replicating VMs is just to set up a replication policy. So for our replication policy, we can add one in, and it allows us to fill out some basic parameters for our RPO threshold in minutes. So this is used for monitoring the health of each replicated VM that we're replicating to make sure that we've got, we're replicating frequently enough that we're maintaining whatever RPO threshold we have here for our recovery point objective. So by default, that's 30 minutes. We can also specify a recovery point retention in hours and then a frequency with which to take application consistent snapshots. So in this case, every 60 minutes, it'll take an additional application consistent snapshot that I can fail over to. So if I don't want to fail over to my latest version of that replicated set of VMs, I can fail over to uh, an hour ago or two hours ago or three hours ago if I'm trying to recover from a mix of perhaps physical and logical data level disasters. And if I have a complex environment where my applications are multi-tier applications that are hosted across multiple VMs, maybe a web tier and an app tier and a data tier, for instance, I can also turn on multi-VM consistency so that as I'm doing that replication and, and snapshot intervals, it's doing that consistently across all the VMs at the same time. That way, if I roll back to how my application looked an hour ago, it's rolling back consistently across all of those VMs as I do the failover up, up into Azure. So once I fill out those replication policy parameters, I can close down. I've gone through all of the getting started steps, and now I'm ready to start replicating VMs. So as I scroll down in our settings blade of our uh, Azure Site Recovery, our Recovery Services Vault, we'll see a replicated items blade. And I'll just click on the plus button here. And inside the enable replication blade, I will again go through the process of selecting my, uh, my scenario. So I'm going to be going from my site to Azure, from vCenter hosts that are on-prem, from my config server, it will then go through and enumerate all of the vCenter hosts that my config server has registered. Um, I can select my Azure subscription that I wish to replicate to. And then for the post-failover deployment model, I have two choices. With this new preview of our enhanced integration with the, uh, the new Azure portal, I can fail over my VMs as classic mode VMs, in which case they'll be placed as a V1 classic mode VM on a classic VNet, or I can use the new resource manager model. And then as they fail over, it'll actually fail them over as V2 VMs on the new V2 VNets and be able to take advantage of any of the other V2 features that those VMs might be, uh, might be leveraging or talking to. So I'm going to use resource manager in this case. I'll go ahead and click OK. And then after I've done that 
basic set of properties. It's going to go and talk to my config server and find the set of VMs that it's retrieved from the vCenter hosts, the information about from the vCenter hosts that it registered. And I can select the VMs that I wish to replicate. So I'll just select a couple of them. I can select a whole bunch. Click OK and enable all of them for replication all at once. For my properties to configure, I can specify properties like the um, account information that I wish to use for authenticating to each VM. So I can pull this down and select my Windows admin credentials that I previously added in my config server configuration process. I can have that be the same admin account for all VMs or I can select a different admin account on a VM by VM basis if need be. I can also specify my storage account and this does need to be, if, if I'm using the new resource manager model, it does need to be a V2 ARM-based storage account um, in order to be able to replicate and fail over from that storage account. And then if I had um, uh, multiple data disks on my source VMs, but I wanted to exclude some of those data disks from replication, I could do that as well. It's grayed out in my case because each of the VMs that I've selected has just a single OS disk associated with it. But that's a really useful feature because we've gotten lots of customer feedback that oftentimes in the on-prem world, you may have VMs that have data disks that are used for temporary scratch type information, or they might be used for local backups that are only referenced when you're doing a, a item level restore or a file or folder restore, for instance. And so, uh, so that's, uh, that's a nice element to be able to exclude those out. So once we've got all of our replication properties configured, we'll go ahead and click OK. It will take us to this last step on the replication settings tab where we can confirm which replication policy we want to use. So we'll use the one that we previously set up as part of our getting started steps. We'll click OK, and then we'll click OK once more, and it'll begin the process of enabling replication for those VMs. That'll be submitted as uh, jobs that appear, if you want to monitor them, under your site recovery jobs blade. So if I go ahead and click over there under site recovery jobs, um, you'll see a job for each of the VMs that um, are being enabled appeared under here and then you can click into them to be able to see more detail on the status of those jobs. Once the jobs are submitted and begin processing, you'll see the VMs appear in your replicated items list. So I've got one VM that I previously set up for replication. Um, we'll see that it's in a healthy state, it's protected, it's been ongoing replicating as we've been, uh, as we've been talking all along. And if I drill into the properties of that VM, I can now go through the process of doing failover or I can do a test failover. Um, I also can drill into the settings of that VM if I go over to compute and network. And I can map that to a particular VM size under compute and a particular VNet and subnet that I wish to have that VM fail over to. So I can take a look at the size of my VM in terms of resources on-prem and try to map that over to an appropriate VM in the Azure portfolio. And then similarly, I can map over my, my network. So I can select a particular V2 VNet, um, since I'm using the V2 resource manager model, a particular subnet. And then if I was using static IPs, I can also put in a, an IP that I wish to be assigned statically to that VM upon, upon failover to Azure.
Um, of course, just like in the old ASR model, I can also, through the Classic Portal, I can also go through the process of setting up a recovery plan. So rather than having to fail over VM by VM by VM one at a time, over under my vault, I can drill into recovery plans, and I can add a recovery plan. Let's just take a look at this one that I've uh, set up previously. And in that recovery plan, I can create multiple recovery groups using my group button to group my VMs together into common failover groups. So you'll see I've just got one group right now with one VM inside of it, but I can, in that group, add additional protected VMs that I want to fail over together with this VM. I can also add pre and post actions, which could be manual steps or could be scripted steps that's that's leveraging Azure automation runbooks to run through some additional customization between each of the groups as the failover is, is proceeding. And if I had a multi-tier application, for instance, I can add in multiple groups. So I might have a situation where I want to uh, fail over the data tier of my application first, followed by the business logic tier as a separate group, followed by the web application tier as a third group. And then once I've got that recovery plan created, and uh, up and running. When I uh, drill into the properties of it on the recovery plan, we can go through the properties. We can go through the properties of customizing that, changing that, and then failing over all of the VMs as part of that recovery plan as a as a complete group. So uh, pretty nice, pretty nice interface that's all combined under the recovery services vault in the new Azure. Uh, portal. It's uh, currently the, the the new portal interface is currently in preview, but in the coming weeks and months, it'll be moving into GA and have all of the features popping up that we were used to in the classic portal as well. One so, what do you think, shop. Janelle? Pretty. It's a pretty, one-stop shop. Yeah, it's a one-stop shop. You got it. Pretty uh, pretty straightforward, though. I think, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's really been um, improved and simplified over the previous versions, and it really kind of steps you through, makes it really easy to, you know, solve some of the problems that a lot of people have had from DR in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, very cost effectively as well because with this new model using the VMware enhanced mode uh, configuration as we mentioned, you don't have any of those config server, process server, management, tra uh, master transport server VMs running up in Azure like you did with the old version. Um, it's all been converted over to PaaS type offerings and uh, so it's very cost effective for for being able to use it. Much more cost effective than building a separate data center just for disaster recovery. Yeah, that, that's that's or, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Or, or renting a colo from somebody from somebody else for from a DR standpoint. Well, great. Well, well, uh, what do you say, Janelle? Does it make sense to head back to the office and uh, finish up our episode today? Let's head back. Okay, I'll see you back in the office in a few minutes. Well, Janelle, I think that's about all the time we have today. But I think we've covered a lot of territory, right? We've looked at. The new enhanced version of Azure Site Recovery that makes it super easy to set up mm -hmm. disaster recovery scenarios to Azure for VMware shops that are running VMware on-premises. We also looked at some of the enhancements around the new Azure portal where Azure Site Recovery is now available in preview in that new Azure portal. Mm -hmm. And That's we've a big got thing. some Yeah, that's a big thing. It supports, <laughs> it's a big thing. Uh, the, yep. the new V2 VMs uh, right. for failover. And uh, we briefly looked at some of the new dashboard portal capabilities for cust creating custom portal dashboards for monitoring different applications or services on Azure and sharing that out with a broader team. And the global search feature that across all your subscriptions and resource groups allow you to find any resource just by searching for it. So some pretty cool stuff. 
Yeah, you get a couple things out of that. You get, not only are you using DR, but you start getting familiar with using Azure and the f other functionality that you can get with Azure so that you can start, you know, planning perhaps, you know, actual usage of the cloud for production work and things like that as well. Just DR is just a great way to start getting comfortable with just using the cloud. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll include some links down at the bottom of the page today that everyone's watching the video on for our episode on uh, getting started with Azure Site Recovery. Uh, there's a great learning path that's available on Azure.com that steps through all of the planning and design and implementation, failover and failback uh, steps that are needed to be successful with Azure Site Recovery as well. So be sure to check that out, everybody, once you're, once you're done watching our video today if you want to learn more about Azure Site Recovery. Well, thanks, everybody, for uh, joining Janelle and I today. And thank you, Janelle, for joining us as well. Well, thanks for having me, and thanks, everybody, for watching. Yep, we hope to see everyone back on our next episode of, of Build Your Hybrid Cloud here on TechNet Radio.